Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online. All right, we are uh, in for November. We're going to talk all things family. And so we're going to say, hey, in this house, and then we're going to talk about family things. So today, we're actually saying, in this house, everybody say, we are family. So if you come in, you're not a stranger. If you come in, you're not on the outside. If you come in, you are family. It's the DNA that you take on in this house. It's what we really believe. Not in words. We really, really believe that you are family. And so in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about you are, we are family in this house. The next week, we're going to talk about in this house, we have purpose. And the week after that, we're going to talk about in this house, we have thanksgiving. So we're going to talk about things that regard our family in this house. And I, I want to speak about this because I want to let you know what you're getting into if you come here. I want to let you know, like, I don't, I want you to know if you come in here, our sole goal in this is that you become radical lovers of Jesus. Whether you're here for a a weekend, one time, or whether you're here for weeks or years or years to come, we want you to be radical lovers of Jesus. We don't want you to be radical reliancers, okay? I just made that up. We want you to be radical lovers of Jesus. This is our desire. And so we've got to know what we're getting into and what we're getting into, or rather what you're getting into when you walk through here is you're getting into family. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, if you guys have your Bibles, 1 Peter, 1 Peter um, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, we've been in our study of Peter in one of our men's groups on, on Thursdays. And this verse has just continued to come back and forth in my heart over these past couple of months. And just going, Lord, what does this mean? What does this look like? What are we doing here? And I believe that it's important that you know that you're being built into something. You're you're being built. You're not a lone ranger. You're not doing your Christianity out there individually. We're going to talk about that. You're being built into something. And, And Peter says these words, as you come to him... A living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. So that's Jesus. He's a living stone that was rejected by men, but by his Father, he was chosen and precious. Somebody say amen. Amen. So if Jesus is in you, you are chosen and? Lean to your neighbor and say, you are precious today. (laughs) Did anybody, anybody get goosebumps? Any? Okay, good. Okay, you're all precious, okay? So he says, chosen precious, you yourselves like living stones. Look, you yourselves like living stones. He's like us. We're not dead. We're not dead weight. We're not dead material. He's alive in us. We're being built up in something. You yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual what? A house. What does a house hold? Family. A house holds family. We're being built up into a spiritual house, you and I together. I don't care if this building was here or not here. When we come together in Christ, whether this place or we get with other church families across the city, we are all being built together into a spiritual house. And he's going to tell us why. To be a priesthood. 
We're going to talk about that a little bit later in our purpose. And then he says, to offer. So to be and to offer, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. I want to focus specifically, we have a calling and we have a purpose. We're going to talk about those next couple weeks. But specifically, I want to bring to the table, just more than anything else, just really simply, I want to get to your heart and not just your head, that you are a part of a family. If you leave with nothing else today, you'll hear it over and over. You are a part of a family. You are a part of a family. That's what I want you to hear today. And so in this house, just to set the tone, we are family. Here's the problem. The way that we've read scripture in our American viewpoint, the way that we've read scripture in our modern individualistic culture is we've always read scripture through the lens of me. I read scripture through the lens of me, my plans, his plans for me to prosper me, to not to harm me. We are very, in, in, in our individualistic culture, we've always read scripture, he loves me, he cares about me. All of those things are true, by the way. But if you read scripture through the lens of how it was written in the culture, and especially through the lens of how Jesus saw it, it was never a me, it was a we. It was always about we. It was always about for the greater whole. It was always about trying to get a group to him, to uh, get a group to understand that it's about him. And so when we read scripture through the lens of me, we become very passionate about him and me and less passionate about him and we. And this is why in church life, what happens then and how this plays out is people come in, dip in on a Sunday morning to give me my stuff and then dip out and say, see you guys till next Sunday. And we don't do life together. We don't do community together. We don't do family together. Do you guys see what I'm talking about? So we'll fill buildings on Sunday mornings. We'll pack buildings out on Sunday mornings. But during the week, many people feel isolated, lonely, broken, and hurt, and wounded, and don't know who to turn to. Like, where's my family? So, so I think it's because we've developed a culture of me and not we. And I want to get us off of the me culture and get us onto the lens of we. And this is why Peter's so specific that we we, you yourselves, we are being built up as a spiritual house. How many of you guys have ever tried to build a house with one block? That house stinks, right? It stinks. Like, you can't build a house. That's the point. You, you can't build a house with one block. You need many blocks. And so this is why Peter's going, it's not going to work if it's just you. It's not going to work if you're just running after it on your own. You've got to have more blocks. And so there's something about the family coming together to do what the Lord has called us to do, not individually, but in a family of faith. And so um, I want you to see something with this and why this is really, really important. How we see things um, and how we see something. So how you see the body of Christ, how you see coming to church, the context or the lens in which you see it through. How you see things is important because it will determine how you interact with it. So if the church is a me thing, if the church is just something I do to notch my belt or come in on a Sunday morning, and that's my, only, that's my only thought of what church is, and it's not a family. If you don't see it that way, it's a community, or it's a group, or it's a crowd of people. That's how you'll interact with this house. You'll interact with it the way that you see it. So if you interact with it that way, you won't see it as a culture of family pursuing the heart of Christ together. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? I know I'm driving this in, but I want you to get this. If you see it as a building, if that's all you see this is, it's just a building. Buildings are set on activities, a family is set on relationships. So you'll come in and do a lot of activities, because, man, we got a stinking crud load of activities. 
You'll come in and you'll do activities, but you'll still never feel like you're a part of a family. And this is how God moves. God moves not through activities. God moves through relationships. And so you'll go, man, I just, I'm not feeling like God's moving in my life. Well, are you a part of the family? No, but I come to all of your guys' activities. I don't feel God moving. We think that God moves through activities. God moves through relationships. You can have great activities and not have the presence of the Lord. Yeah? Amen. It's hot in here. Can somebody hit that AC? Good night. If we're family, somebody. Where's dad at? Control the AC. (laughs) Thanks, Tammy. Is that Tammy? Thank you. Oh, oh, thanks, Holly. Um, uh, So families, this is why this is important. Families create movement. Families create movement. A movement is, is the work of many. A movement is when everyone's connected and all are seeking something better together, there's a movement of God. Amen. So let me show you how this played out. So, so 1 Peter 2.9, a little bit later after uh, verses 4 and 5, 1 Peter 2.9 says, There was a time that we were all in darkness, and he called us out into his marvelous light. There was a time that we were a people who were in darkness. He's going to say this in Isaiah. My people were in darkness. Then there was a light that shone on them. He called us out. There was a movement of people that moved from darkness to light. That's why you're here. Amen. There was a time you were in darkness, you tasted the goodness of God, the light shone on you, and now we're a people of light. It's a movement. It's why the world is being drawn into the Father's heart. Because it's not an activity, it's a relational family. And so the fact that the Lord is making us into a spiritual house as living stones, somebody needs to grab this. Um, This is important that he says living stones. Because if all we are is a building, a building is not mobile. A building is immobile. It doesn't go anywhere. But if we believe that we're a family being built into a spiritual house, everywhere we go, we carry the DNA of Christ. And that's why, again, people, I'm just going to just share a context here. People think this way. They're like, man, I've got a neighbor who really needs to know the love of Christ, and so I've been inviting them to church forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, don't invite them to church. Be the church, right? Share the love of Christ. The church is immobile but that, the, the, the church building is immobile, but the church that's alive, which is you, is mobile. You're carrying it with you. Are we good still? Amen. So, so the prosperity then of our city, or wherever you live, the prosperity of your city then is a family that's established with one purpose. The prosperity of this city will be, it'll be prosperous when the church family comes together with one purpose, not as many, but as one family. And this is where we've had tension in our society is that we've got a lot of churches doing a lot of different things for their own glories. Amen? And we've been caught up in that ourselves. So I'm not throwing darts. I'm saying we've got to change this. Um, I, would, I, would, I would tell you this. I actually believe this is so profound I think the hinging of when the Lord returns hinges on when the church comes together to be a spiritual house. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I got two scriptures there. One's John 17 where he just prays for unity in the bride. He says that they would be one as we are one, right? Then the world will know me. But number two is if you search throughout all of scripture from Old Testament, New Testament, God is always looking to have a place for his dwelling. The temple was a place, the tabernacle was a place, right? He was always looking to have his place. Then we know in the New Testament, he says, hey, I'm going to dwell in you. So as we are built up into the spiritual house, a dwelling for the Lord, so I think as that increases and grows and we accumulate together as that spiritual house, so I think it hastens or speeds his return. 
It's a big deal. We can't just be like, oh, it is what it is. We've been doing this forever. It's time that the church looks at itself as a family. In fact, um, last Sunday, after this service, if you remember, we had a time where we laid hands on people uh, during prayer that just going through struggles. And after service, 9.30, we, we let out, and uh, 11 o'clock was looking to get in, and Matt um, comes, he's whispering in my ear. So we were like, yes and amen, all right, you guys go out, 11 o'clock's coming in. Um, you people stuck around. And Matt goes, listen, listen to the conversations there. And he goes, this is what church is, and this is what worship is. And it was just people that wouldn't leave because you were talking about how the Lord touched your life. You were talking about your families. You were talking about how the love of Jesus has gotten you. There were conversations that were absolutely beautiful that were happening in this room right after the 930 service while your brothers and sisters at the 11 o'clock service were like, I don't care, just move your stinking cars, right? <laughs> Amen? You got driveway issues? We do. They're like... Stick around. Just move your car somewhere, right? Um, but this is what it is. We've been seeing it in men's groups and women's groups. We've been seeing it in house churches. We've been seeing it in our prayer groups. There's genuine things happening where people feel like they are family together. It's beautiful. Um, and so wh- why is that important? Because most of the ministry that will happen here at Reliance won't come from the preacher or the worship team. It'll come from you. The majority, I would even say 90 plus percent of The best ministry that will come out of this house won't be because of a great sermon or a great worship set. It'll be because people stuck around and shared hearts with one another. Because that's what you'll remember. What did he preach about? I don't really remember. It was long. (laughs) What were the worship songs? I don't know. They were good. I was worshiping. What do you remember the most? Somebody after service caught me and spoke a word over me, prayed for me said, let's go grab lunch. We developed friendships. All of a sudden, we're going on vacations together. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? That's the kind of ministry that happens when you become a family. Family has always been God's heart. We see it through scripture. We see the words adoption and Abba Father and God's household. And, and then we see this thing in Psalm 68.6 that to me is just should be like our statement, the, the deal. It's Psalm 68.6. It said, God places the lonely... God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Has anybody in here ever felt lonely? Okay, good. Pretty much everybody at some point in time. Has anybody ever felt like you were a prisoner to something in life? Fear, worry, doubt, shame, guilt, condemnation, lies, whatever, addiction. So we've all felt this, and here's what he's going. He takes those who felt like they were in prison to something, and he takes those who felt like they were lonely, and he places them in family. It's why it's important for us to see the church in the context of family, because you were never supposed to be alone, ever. Our DNA, it's written in our DNA, is to not be alone. It's God's, one of God's primary goals for humanity is a loving community for the many so that we'll be one after his heart. It's why the book of Acts is so profound, because they came together, and it was so supernatural. Yes, there were miracles and things that abounded. It was so supernatural. The miracles Jesus did, what made uh, Acts so supernatural is all these people came together in one accord. That was crazy. They were unified. Um, And this is why so many are longing, longing to find a place to belong. We just simply find it in the wrong places. We chase after thinking my gym life is going to do that for me and for some it does for a moment or or hey bingo night's going to do it for me and and for some it, it does for a moment till you lose amen 
like all of those things, eventually they're just going to fail out. And you're like, so who, who am I now? Bingo's over, Jim's over, who am I now? And so this is why it's important that we see the church for what it was supposed to be. Um, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says, so then, <clears throat> because your family, your brothers, and sisters, you're no longer strangers or aliens. Listen, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together, what? It's, we're growing. This is what we're doing. Grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together. We're being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This is why I said I think this is such a big deal. It's even contingent on his return that he's looking for his dwelling place and we're being built together right now to be that. Um, so all of us in here are growing. Um, let me tell you uh, why this is important and why this is a process. Some of you guys are listening to this and you're like, I don't like people. <laughs> I come, I sit in the back, not calling you backers out, all right, back there, love you. Like, I come, I don't like people. Most of those have transferred to 8 o'clock service, by the way. They're like, it's too crowded, 930, you're a animals, right, or whatever. Um, and so... So there are people, though, that literally, I, I get it, not, I'm not, this isn't an extrovertedness. We're not saying, hey, I'm extroverted and you're introverted. That's not what I'm talking about. The DNA of Christ didn't put extroverted you in you or introverted in you. He put his spirit in you. And when he put his spirit in you, he yoked us together as family. Amen? So I'm not talking about extrovert, introvert, you know, I'm, you know, hyper, I'm super low key, whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about simply this. There's a growing in you to be connected, and for some, it's a slower process. For some. And so I want to give you something that we've shared over the years. There's three areas that you may find yourself in. Can you bring that next slide up? And it's, it's crowd, community, and family. Um, so over the years, we've talked about, like, where do you, where do you align when you come and you're part of, let's just say, a gathering, um, you've got those that are in the crowd, okay? So a crowd has no connection. It's uh, you go to an airport or you go to a bus stop and there's a crowd of people. There's no connection. You're not doing life together. You care about one thing. I want my plane to be on time. I don't want it to crash. Amen? Or bus or whatever. Like there's no other connection. You're just a crowd of people gathered for one thing and that is to get on that thing, to get to whatever destination you're trying to go to. Okay? Then you move from that, and some of us may be in that. You may be in a place right now where you're growing, you feel like you're just a part of a crowd. I'm not sure that I want to be connected to these people. I'm not sure that I'm in. They made me pray with people, right? <laughs> I, I, it's true. And so maybe that's where you're at. So you're just trying to decide, I don't know how I feel about that, okay? But you're growing, so the Lord's going to do something in you. You're growing. Then he's going to move you from that crowd to community. Community, there is some connection. You start to find a little bit of connection. So um, any Star Wars junkies out there? Okay. You, you showed up to all the Star Wars premieres and you decked yourself out. You don't know each other, but you both had lightsabers. That was awesome. <laughs> For a moment, you found connection over something that you enjoyed together. Outside of that, you don't really do much together. Okay. But you've got some passions that bring you together. So you found some connection. And that connection actually brought you in together to do some life together. Not that much life and definitely not heart-to-heart -heart life, but definitely on something that you enjoy doing. You guys hear what I'm saying? You're growing. Because that's he didn't come to get you into a crowd or a community. He came to get you into a family. Jesus came to get you into a family. 
That growth then from crowd to community puts you into family. Family's covenantal. There's a covenant that's established. And a covenant simply means this. We've got life on life. It's this command that we've got life on life. Everything we do is covenantal together. We love one another. It's that whole husband and wife, you stand there, tell death do us part. You promise to stand beside them, right? And so it's like, we've got this. So Dwight and I, as family in Christ, we've got a covenant with one another. Hey, when you hurt, I hurt, brother. When you've got joys, I've got joys. When you're down, I'm going to be there. When I'm down, you're going to be there, right? We're in a covenant. I don't do that in a crowd, and I certainly don't always do that always in a community, but I do that in family. And I'm not talking about dysfunctional families. Some of you grew up in dysfunctional families. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how you know the right way that you always longed for for your family to operate. That's what I'm talking about. The kind of family that says, I've got you no matter what. We're going to do this together. And so we're growing from that crowd to that community to that, that family. And it's a beautiful reminder as we grow into that family that we're not alone. In fact, I'm going to read in Acts chapter 4, when you grow into that family, what's one of the markers for you? And here's what he says in Acts 4. When the full number of those who believed, so this is what begins to mark your heart when you come into family. When the full number of those who believed were of one, what? One heart. So when you come in here, we've got one heart, and this is what our one heart is. We want you to become radical lovers of Jesus, so that wherever you go, whatever you do, you know that Jesus Christ has marked your life. We've got one heart. That's what we desire. We've got one thing that we're after. We'll say it over and over and over again. We'll just say it a thousand different ways and a thousand different times. We care that you are lovers of Jesus. That's what we care about. We've got one heart. We've got one soul. We're knit together. TJ and I talk about this a lot. We're, when we go soul to soul, that's different. So we've got one heart, but we got soul. TJ, how's your soul? Man, I've been really struggling, been really down. TJ, man, I want to build you up and lift you up. He goes, Aaron, how's your soul? Man, I've been really struggling, been really down. He's not going to leave me alone. Seriously, he doesn't leave me alone. He's not <laughs> going to leave me alone until I can share with him what's going on in my heart because he cares about my soul. This is what happens when you join family. There's a heart that's unified for the one, Jesus Christ. There are souls going, I care about what's going on in your life. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. That's a crazy deal. What if I like different things and you like different things? That's not what he's talking about. We're going to have different likes. We're going to have different likes, but it's going to go back to the same heart and soul. So I'll use this again, this analogy of if TJ, Dwight, and I, if we all, some of us in here, we like different things. If we all like to go hunting, any hunters out there? Praise Jesus. What way? Okay, praise Jesus. Any shoppers out there who likes to shop? Okay, you would never catch us shopping, okay, ever. <laughs> hunting, yes. Shopping, no, right? So here's the thing, here's our commonalities though. Whether we're hunting or we're shopping, our commonality is that we're brothers and we're gonna be building one another up in that setting. That's the commonality that we have. So they had everything in common. They were after the same things, and look what it says, and with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. So here's the commonality. What comes out of a family setting like that is this. What comes out of a family setting is that we will be roaring with testimonies of what God has done. That's why you stuck around last week. That's why nobody was leaving. Testimonies were abounding. People were sharing about their lives. Why? Because family had come together. You guys with me on that? Amen. Okay. Um, so so what, if you're going to, 
be family, what's that mean then? How, what, what does this look like for me? What's that commitment look like? I wanna go through five really quick things on what it looks like to be um, committed to family, okay? N- number one, when you say, here's what you're saying, when you're a part of family, what you're saying is, I'm willing to be open and vulnerable. I just lost half of you. <laughs> When you say, I'm gonna be a part of family, I'm willing to be open and vulnerable. Now, openness we're all down for. It's the vulnerability part we don't really like. Like, I'll be open, I'll share with you a lot of different things in my life, but if you really want me to go vulnerable to the depth of my heart about how I feel, that's a different deal. And so when we become family, what we're saying is this, family feels the goodness and the kindness of the Lord to be able to share in openness and vulnerability what you're going through without somebody going, you are so bad, you are so whatever, right? It's not affirming if it's something that you shouldn't be doing, it's just saying, share with me where your heart is so we can pray over you so that God can come in and redeem, restore, renew, whatever it is he's got to do. But it's openness and vulnerability. I, I love this. I've sh- shared this quote m- many times. Matt Chandler in, in this book called Explicit Gospel, he says, um, when we become family and when we begin to come into this loving one another as Christ loves us, he says, what, what that means when we become family is I've seen the ugly parts of you and I'm staying. Hey, I've seen the ugly parts of you guys and I'm staying. Did we just have a moment? All right, sweet. Number two. So if we're kind of coming to family, I'm open, I'm vulnerable. Number two, if we're going to come into family, we're committed. Somebody say we're committed. committed. I'm going to show up. I'm committed. I'm going to show up. Family takes commitment and makes it a priority. And in that, there's sacrifice. And in that, there's effort. Here, here's, here's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not just making my Sunday morning experience my family experience. I'm invested I'm pouring out in the next generation and the youth. I'm pouring out in the young adults. I'm pouring out to the kids' men. I'm, 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 I'm joining up with some men's groups or some women's groups or some house churches. Like, I'm getting involved in these things. So not because that's going to make me some super better Christian. It's because I'm a part of a family. I'm a part of a family. And so, and I do think it'll help you, honestly, in your walk with Christ. Um. So it's going to take commitment. It's, it's me saying I'm committed. Number three, um, I'll make time. When you become a part of family, you say, I'll make time. How many of you guys are stinking busy right now? There's a reason for that. All hell wants to keep us busy. Because if we're busy, we won't invest in family. Amen? Um, when I make time, it says I'll make room. And when I make room, it says God's going to move. When I make time, it means I make room. When we make room, God moves. Amen, church? Number four. Number four, um, I'll take risk. I'll take risk. When I come into family, it means I'll take risk. Um, it's risky when you come into family because of the whole vulnerability things. But what, what it means when I say I'm going to take a risk, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to share my testimony with this group of people I don't even know. I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to come up and I'm going to pray over somebody that I've never met in my entire life. I'm going to take a risk and when you put us in our groups of prayer, I'm going to lead it. <sighs> I'm going to take a risk because I'm a part of family. And then real quickly, number five, um, when I come into family, I'll practice patience. I just lost the other 50%. (laughs) In our household, man, we got four kids, right? Three teens and one littler one. And I'm telling you, patience is out the dang window. It is not a virtue in our home. And we got to come together and be like, Lord Jesus, we need an extra dose today. But when we exercise patience, our whole culture of our home changes. 
when we make allowances for one another's faults, isn't that a big deal in scripture? Make allowances, when we make allowances for one another's faults, all of a sudden the whole culture and atmosphere of our home changes. And here's what we have expectations in church life with. We have expectations that everybody's going to change at the same rate I'm going to change. And everybody get this, everybody's going to get this at the same rate that I'm going to get this. And everybody that doesn't understand what I understand right now to be, is dumb, right? Like we've got problems because we don't have patience. And the Lord is patient with us, is he not? Amen. He's patient with us. So, um, yeah, we're going to pray over you guys. So two quick things with family. When we're a family, of, when we're a family like, like I believe scripture is telling us to be, so here we are inside of these walls, we're a family. Whether you go to Reliance or not, I'm just saying, whether you come in these walls, we're a family together. Now here's the crazy thing about that. We're being knit together, we're being vulnerable, we're sharing testimonies, we're seeing God's goodness, we're roaring, we're growing, we're getting one heart, one mind, one purpose. All those things are happening to us, but if we keep it within these four walls, we've missed it. Because not only are we a family that's growing in here together, but we're a missional family that's growing out there together. This is what changes things. A family growing in here is great. I don't think the measure of success is how many people we can pack in this room. I just don't. 500 people were invited to the upper room. 120 people showed up. Spirit of God came. I don't think it matters. 10,000 people followed Jesus. He preached. 12 stayed. I don't think it matters. I just don't. I'm not looking. I don't think it matters how many people we can get this room. I think what matters is, do we come together as family? That's what I think matters. And so that's inside. Outside of these walls, what matters is, is do we take this stuff with us? Is this really, really like, oh, yeah, I'm stirred in here, but I could never share that out there. We've missed it. Because there are lonely, broken, hurt people out there that need to know they're a part of family. Okay. And here, when we do that, when we do that, here's what he says. When we do that. 1 Peter 2, 9, I want to read the whole thing now. You are a chosen people, yes. You are a royal priesthood, yes. You are a holy nation, amen, a people belonging to God. That you may declare. There needs to be a whole, mo- a whole bunch more declaring in the church today, in the family of God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful. We should be declaring that. Angie, join the family of God. He pulls you out of darkness. And she's like, ah, I got family. Like, we should be declaring that, and people should be welcomed in, and those who feel alone, and those who feel broken, those who feel, the same things that you felt in your life should be welcomed into the family of God, where the love of God can change them from the inside out. Amen. This is the family of God. Amen. Yes. Then, when we're that, we'll be a hub for the city. Do you know what a hub is? A hub is where everything gathers. So like a hub on a wheel, it's where the spokes come out of you. You get to a hub of a bus station, it's where everybody gathers to get on something, right? Or we talk about planes. Like that's what a hub is. So when we're the hub for the city, people are going to come, they're going to see the family of God, and this is what's going to happen. The hungry will come and they'll get fed their bread. The thirsty will come and they'll find rivers of living water. Listen, the cold will come and they'll find warmth in the Holy Spirit. It's important. When we become, the lost will come and be found. The broken will come for healing. And they'll be invited into the family. Everybody say, we're a family. Okay, now we're going to pray. Because we can say it. My question is, do you believe it in your heart? So will you guys close your eyes? In this house, we talk family a lot. But I've heard people say, sometimes I just don't feel like I'm a part of a family. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do, to be bold today. Family is so important to us. I'm going to ask you, if you have felt like you have been alone, if you have felt like you have, you were once in, now you kind of feel like you're on the outside, or you feel like you've never been into the family, 
if you feel like you've been wounded or broke by church experiences, whatever it is, and you feel this weight of family falling on you, you're like, Lord, I'm tired of being in the crowd and I'm tired of being just in a community. I need family. I'm ready to make that move. And if you feel like you've wandered through that and maybe even the enemy's attacked you in that, I wanna pray over you specifically today. So everybody's eyes are closed and heads are bowed. If that's you, and you just, in an, an act of vulnerability and faith, would you stand up if you feel this weight of family on you? I just wanna specifically pray over you. If you wanna be in that family and you feel like you've been on the outs, I see you guys, amen. We're gonna pray over you today that you would feel the weight of the family of God over you. I'm gonna pray. Father, for the men and women standing across the room today, somewhere along the lines they felt loneliness somewhere along the lines they felt like they were on the outside looking in somewhere on the line around the lines god they feel like they missed out they've been in the crowd they've been in the community but they've missed out on this identity of family god this is the heartbeat for your church we are family and so i'm praying even right now holy spirit holy spirit would you fall afresh on these men and women to let them know in their heart they're in they're in, they're loved, they're cared for. We pray, Holy Spirit, that the hearts of these men and women right now would feel a warmth of family come over them. They're not in a crowd. They're not in community. They are in family. I pray, Heavenly Father, whatever lies the enemy has breathed on them to try to get them and divert them from this, God, break those lies right now. Whatever hurt has happened from dysfunction to try to break this identity of family, God, we cast it out right now in the name of Jesus. We pray right now, Holy Spirit, fill them with your inexpressible joy that they are in family. In Jesus' name. You guys can grab a seat real quick. Now everybody stand up. All right. Now everybody stand up. Put your hands out. I'm going to pray over all of you guys now. Father, we receive family in this house. In this house, we are family. We're not loosely connected. We're not kind of connected. We don't kind of like each other. We stink and love each other. Because you love us. Father, in this house, we will care about each other's souls. In this house, we will have the same heart to be radical with the love of Christ. In this house, we will have commonality, and that is to encourage and build up and lift one another up. In this house, God, in the seasons of head, we will be family. And I pray, God, would you begin to yoke together the most unlikely characters with one another? That they would have said, I would have never done life with this family, but we're family now. I pray, Jesus, from that, an overflow of testimonies, declarations praising your name would come from that. And the world would see this is what happened when the family of God comes together. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's word. We hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day to day. And until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.